0: Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host Brett Gilliland. Today I'm fired up, man. I've got Travis Thomas with me. Travis, how you doing? <laughs> I'm
1: Brett, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, and it's,
0: it's good to have you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's 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 jump in. The for those of you who can't see, if you're listening, right, we're we're in a, an amazing office slash studio. So. Uh, <laughs> So I'm super impressed.
0: Yeah, well, thanks. It's exciting to have you over here in our O'Fallon, Illinois, visionary wealth advisor's office. And um, but Travis is a performance coach. Um, he's the creator of Live Yes and yeah. which I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, Live Yes and You're you're also a comedian, so hopefully yeah. you make me laugh today. <laughs> yeah, doubtful. Doubtful. Okay, but also a comedian. You're an author, man. You've you've worked with the I'm going to say this word. I don't normally say it, but the Chicago Cubs.
1: Yeah. You know, you know, we're, we're here in St. Louis country. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a mercenary, Brett. So <laughs> Chicago paid me, so I worked. Exactly. You, <laughs> you, as you, you got a show they up. Haven't <laughs> called me
0: in yet? Right, well, we'll get we'll get the guys over there and see if they can uh, then get you. But the Chicago Cubs, Boston Red Sox, Toronto Blue Jays, uh, Georgia football, uh, do a lot of personal coaching workshops, uh, online programs, man. And uh, but the the biggest role you can have right now is the United States men's national team for uh, World
1: Cup coming up. Yeah, really exciting. So I've been on staff with them since January 2020. Uh, the head coach brought me in, Greg Berhalter. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a contracted worker, but on staff, uh, I'm the leadership and team dynamics coach. Okay. So that's kind of the title we came up with, which, which carries a lot of, a lot of things. But um, uh, working with the team from leadership skills to, to mental skills, uh, the way I like to think of it, Brett is um, <clears throat> I'm the guy that just is always thinking about the culture, right? So kind of the torch carrier for the culture where so many staff members are doing so many important things. I'm always thinking about all right how are we continuing to to make sure we're in alignment with with our overall culture as a yeah. team
0: well that's huge which we'll talk about in a little bit but but if you can Travis give us a little lay of the land on what's made you the man you are today it's a question I ask on every episode and uh, but I think there's there's always a backstory that maybe I don't know through my research <laughs> um, and, and maybe some people that we want to give credit to too. but what, what has made you the man that you are today yeah
1: well it's uh, it's been quite a it's been a quite an interesting journey I would love to say that I've had a plan And uh, when when I talk about purpose, right, I talk about, you know, purpose is not a, it's not a, it's not a map. It's, it's a compass. And so if I, if I were to look back and connect the dots in reverse to how I got to doing the work that I'm, that I'm doing today, it, it was scary. It's been terrifying. It's been uncertain, but it's always been purpose forward, purpose driven. And so, you know, the, the, the skinny of it is I, you know, I'm from Flint, Michigan. For those of you who know Flint, Michigan, most people don't tend to know Flint, Michigan in a positive light. They Ooh. tend to think of the water, or they think of Roger and me and the documentary and General Motors pulling out. But I, I come from Flint with pride. You know, a hardworking town. We had a family business there, and so uh, I definitely have those kind of those Midwestern roots. Uh, but I, I loved sports growing up. I played soccer in college uh, at the Division three level. Got out of college, uh, got married right away. My wife and I were celebrating year 26 uh, uh, next month. We got married young, and I I figured it was time to kind of get into the professional world, whatever that meant. And so we moved to Boston, and I was working in marketing. She was working in publishing. First weekend in town, we went to uh, an improv theater that had just opened a few months previous, saw an improv comedy show. And for anyone who's never seen an improv comedy show, it's a lot like, uh, whose line is it anyway on TV? Second City is a big improv theater that a lot of people have heard of. Went to a show, five or six people on stage, creating stories out of nothing, out of audience suggestions. And I saw that show and I was blown away. I was like, how do they do that? You know, that's magic. How do they do that? So they It takes tra- a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage and a lot of just, I'm like, what we, what's the what's the, the formula there? And so I signed up. They had a training center. So I took a level one class. Level one turned into six levels of training. And a year and a half later, I was graduating from the training center. And then I was auditioning for their touring company. And I made their touring company. And then I made their development cast. And then I, I finally, after a couple of years, made it to the main stage cast. And so... <laughs> Kind of felt like a superhero. I had a real day job, you know, Clark Kent, you know, with a suit during the day <laughs> right. and at night I was on stage, hopefully making people laugh. And and I, and I did the improv comedy thing for a few years, moved to Florida, uh, started a group of two guys down there in 2003, 2004. We still perform together when we can. It's more of a glorified hobby. But then... You know, I was working for a website, uh, a spirituality website that came to an end. It was the big question kind of around 2005, which what do I really want to do with my life? And I, and I, and I wanted to do coaching and I wanted to do speaking. And I really I, I love working with groups and teams and people and, and the corporate level and sports and but that started a deep dive into personal development for myself and then to get certified in personal development, which led into organizational development, which led, led into corporate training and executive coaching.
0: Were you we working with a company doing that or were you on your own the whole time? I was on that. my own, which okay. which,
1: which meant uh, I didn't have a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <Exactly. laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, we had our, our third child and uh, I'm like, you know, family of five and I'm not making any money. And we go into debt and we go into yeah. a lot of debt and then it was scary and it was this idea of, of sort of following your purpose like man i i really felt like i had a sense of what i wanted to do but it was tough and uh, not really knowing what that path was going to look like and yeah. so just kind of in survival mode i would say you know survival mode for about 10 years of just trying to make ends meet and. And being really scary, but always having a clear sense of of, of who I was and, and and what I wanted to do. So
0: let's dissect that if we can. Yeah. So I mean, I'm uh, that is fascinating to me. So so one, you had a very patient and understanding and, and supportive yeah, just, wife at just home.
1: Hard stop there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shout yes. out to uh, shout out to Hollister to Hollister, my wife, because she, in in lots of different you know, and I, and I've seen it. We've seen it in other marriages where yeah. financial hardship comes and there's not enough there to hold the relationship yep. together. And yep. So. God bless her. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: so that ten years. So now you're you're fighting through odd jobs, and you get this gig that's exciting. You get this gig that's exciting, yeah. and making a yeah. little bit of here. But how does a guy from Flint, Michigan, go to Boston? We go on stage. We're we're making people laugh. We go down here, and we decide I want to be a coach because, yeah. in my opinion, what I struggle with sometimes is coaches out there just in full transparency is they're a coach, but they haven't had the grind. No. Right. Yeah. And, and now you did the grind, but how did you do the grind and end up on the United States men's national team for soccer? I mean, that, well, there, that, that's
1: and, mind blowing to me. Well, there were, and that's the thing like that, that 10, 10 plus years really, you know, it, it's all the steps in between. And so, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I ended up um, moving up to St. Louis 2007 and I, I took a job with my, my alma mater as an assistant soccer okay. coach just to stop the bleeding. Which <laughs> was SLU. Which was, not, not so. oh, it was actually okay. Principia College. Oh, okay. Principia okay, sure. College. And uh, even though I'm working at SLU now, it wasn't my alma mater. And uh, I took a job there thinking that there was going to be a job on the other end, either as a resident counselor at the college. or Well, that turned into being a resident counselor at the high school, at the boarding sure. school. So for three years, Brett, with my children, seven, four, and one, Living in a boys' dormitory in an apartment in the boys' dormitory, wow. making nothing, and, right. but but just it was stopping the debt, and but here I was. But you look back and like, what what was the work that I was doing on a day to day basis? Yeah. Right, I was mentoring young high school men yep. from around the world, and then when I wasn't doing that, I was coaching sports at the same time, and so I was doing the work that was allowing it was laying the groundwork, it was planting the seeds, and then after doing that for three years. We put the kids into a minivan. We started driving around the country like, all right, what's the next step? Yeah. We had no plan. And after driving around the country for six months, sleeping in a tent, hotel rooms, and, and friends and family who would ever take us, we ended up back in Florida again. And it was like, oh, this is I'm going to be a coach, a consultant. We're back in our house. And I thought that was the plan. And then I get an email after being home for a month that IMG Sports Academy in Florida was looking for an improvisation and leadership coach. Hmm. Like how in the world did those two exist together? Right. So I didn't really want to leave our home and go to the other side of the state, but I'm like, I can't not explore this opportunity. Yeah, IMG. It's the best. Right? IMG, right. Yeah. You're working at the premier sports Academy in the world. And so I went in and interviewed with a sense of freedom of, I don't really want this job <laughs> because I want to stay home. Yeah. But, and so that, you know, a little lesson for those. You yeah, have nothing there, to lose, right? Nothing to lose because yeah. I can be totally transparent and honest Well, then they decided they wanted me. And so I'm like, this is too good of an opportunity to pass up. So I then did that for about two and a half years at IMG Academy. Again, you know, as a coach day in and day out on your feet, coaching everyone from Korean golfers to NFL combine football players, to pre-NBA basketball players, to soccer players from South America, to tennis players from Russia, and having to deliver that message and work with those athletes on a day-to-day basis. And so when I left there in 2015 and started, decided to start just my own consulting company called Live Yes And, I felt like, all right, I've got my reps in. Yeah. And yeah. then it's really been from 2015 that I've been on my own. Uh, I wrote my own book in 2016 called, called Three Words for Getting Unstuck, kay. which is Live Yes, Live and. yes we'll, and. We'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, and then I, you know, you do what you do. You send your book out kind of as a glorified business card. I sent it to the, the head coach of the U.S. Men's National Soccer Team in 2019 cold with no intent of ever hearing anything a that he would get it b that he would read it and see that you'd want to do anything right with it. and so what happens a he got it b he read it and c he's like all right he goes are you interested in coming and helping helping with the team here's the culture do you want to come in and help me you know
0: and that's purely a cold cold call if you will Cold, a cold, call. cold zero delivery connection. no connection no, didn't know no I'm- connection
1: yeah, yeah, and so yeah. that that uh, so since January 2020, I've been you know with the national team whenever we're together, yeah. and then when I'm not with the national team, I'm doing um, corporate consulting, corporate speaking, yeah. as well as working with other sports teams yeah. on the on the culture and mindset piece. Yeah. so many places to go right there, Travis. I, yeah. <laughs> so that's that that's the path. So yeah. So but, how how does he end up on the national team? It's like. A whole lot of, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to take the next step based on purpose.
0: So, so that makes me think of, so the circuits of success, hence the name of the podcast are your attitude, your belief system and the actions that you take. Yeah. Get the results. Absolutely. And so without one, uh, it's like the light bulb, that's the circuit side, the light bulb doesn't shine. Right. And so what I hear there is action. I hear Getting my ass kicked, basically. Yeah. Pardon my French, right? Yeah. For, for a yeah. number of years. and yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and still doing it. Yeah. Still having support. No plan, which I want to talk about, too, because I'm a big planner. Yeah. Um, but then yet, the action part is, I don't know where this is going to go. It costs money to buy my own book, to label the book, to find mm. the guy's information, send it to him. Yeah. And then have faith, right? So belief into yeah. action is faith, yeah. is what I always talk about. And so Absolutely. when you hear me say it like that, I mean, how does that come to mind into your story?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think you nailed it. And I, and I think I can remember, I can remember, because I, I've sent my book to tons of coaches, sure, right? And maybe I get a thank you card back. And there's really no expectation, when, you know, right. when you send the book cold. I was talking to our, our buddy, John O'Leary, yeah. and when he's like, how'd you end up on the national team? I was like, John, you're not going to believe this. I sent a cold copy and he's like Travis. He's like, I've done it a million times. The cold said never works. I was like, I know it worked this one time. All it needs to do is work one time, right? And so I remember I remember being in the family room and being like, I should send Greg a book. And then the voice in my head says, Don't waste your time. Mm. Right? And then the other voice in my head says, But it only takes five minutes. And the other voice says, You're wasting your time. It's, you're wasting the three bucks or whatever it's going to send. And I just remember the other voice going, just sit down and do it. It takes five minutes. And I wrote the thank you. I wrote the note, put it in the book, sent it. And, and I'm just so grateful that that one voice was louder than the other voice that was saying, don't send the book. And so. If I were to write my next book, I think the next book is going to be called Just Send the Book. Just Send the Book. <laughs> just, it's incredible. And that's like, you know, it's, what is it, the, the Wayne Gretzky quote, you, miss, yeah, a, you 100%. miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. And so,
0: It makes me think when I was, when I turned 40, so this is, you know, four years ago, almost, gosh, almost five years ago, um, I wrote down the 40 things I had learned in my life. And, yep. and one of them was, I said, just take the lunch. Yeah. And yeah. I can't tell you how many people, you know, you've met them, I've met them it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. They don't want to pay me or yeah. they're not going to do this. Yeah. They're not going to take the time to go do it. And my philosophy for 20 plus years now in the business world is take the lunch. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Now You start to get fewer and fewer lunches that you take. But when yeah. you're
1: building your career, you've got to take the lunch. You've got to send the book. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I'm still in that space, right? I'm still in that space where where I will go in, I, I, I told you, I don't need to say who, but I, I went in last week and, and did a workshop yeah. for, for a team. I didn't get paid, yeah. right? But I went in with the intent of, this is an opportunity for me to, uh, uh, to get a foot in the door, to share with, with what I'm about, and if this is a good fit, this is gonna turn into another opportunity. Yeah. And, and my advice always to young speakers or young coaches or young consultants. And again, because I still do the same thing is I offer my services for free all of the time because you know how this, this world works. It's, it's relationship building. You are always relationship building and very seldom have I done something for free that didn't turn into something further down the road. And, and again, it's going back to intent, right? Like what is my purpose? Right? So my my purpose in life is to inspire myself and others to live their authentic brilliance. So whenever someone gives me the opportunity to, to provide that, right. Anytime I get a chance to do a workshop with someone, I have the opportunity to live my purpose, right. I get my chance to inspire someone else to live their authentic brilliance. And that doesn't always come with a paycheck on the other end, but it comes with me fulfilling my purpose. And again, it, it, since that is my compass, right. Um, if I'm always moving in the direction of my compass, sometimes there's going to be a paycheck on the other end of it, but there's always going to be fulfillment on the other end of it. And, and, and at the end of the day, that's that's always going to be the feeling that, that keeps me happy and keeps me yeah. going and happy from the standpoint, not of frivolous happiness, but of fulfillment. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's so important, you know, to have a clear sense of, of what our purpose is and, and to be able to keep moving in that yeah. direction. So I, when I go with that, there's two thoughts that came from that
0: part right there is one. When I talk about beliefs again in the actions, uh, but that beliefs is the belief in yourself. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think it takes a massive amount of belief in ourselves to go to that team. Yeah. For free, because, again, you're not looking for the buck yeah. now. You yeah. have the long term perspective. Right. But to go there. And know that you're going to hit a home run and you're going to deliver. And you know, there's no guarantees in life, but I have a pretty self confident thing to say about you that I think they're going to call you back. Right. So yeah. belief in yeah. self is massive. Yeah. Believe
1: it's, it's, it's so interesting, right. you say that because I, it's funny, I go in if someone said, Hey, will you come and do a workshop? I have tremendous, I have tremendous belief that when I go in, when I go in, I'm going to provide like a quality session, uh, there's also, there's also a voice inside of my head that, that is always making me doubt my ability, yep. uh, imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it. And so, and, and it's, it's those two, you know, the analogy of the two wolves inside your head, right? You yeah. know, it's, it's whichever one you feed is the one that wins. And so I always have a healthy dose of doubt, but, but there is whatever it is. And I think that's why purpose is so important because it's connected to my purpose. Yeah, you know, It almost gives me permission to go like, I might go in and stink, Yeah. but I'm still living my purpose. And so just go do it anyway. Yeah.
0: I think we all have those two people, right? I yeah. always The way yeah. I always talk to people about them is you get this this man or woman on your shoulder here saying, don't do it, Brett. That's a terrible idea. This guy's saying, let's go. You yeah. know, like we're going to make it happen. And, and you're yeah. right. The, whichever one I listen to the most and feed the most is the one that we do. I call it comfort zone callus. Yeah. And so... I think that that self-doubt is healthy for some of us because yep. that does drive us. But I think the more you do something, I always say the comfort zone is this big. Yeah. And then if you try to break through it, it's, you know, I play golf, so I have calluses yeah. on my yeah. hand, right? And so for me to go around that and get out of my comfort zone, I have to go around the callus, right? And so then my comfort zone gets a little bit bigger yeah. and a little bit bigger. And you've done it enough now. And the 10 years where you weren't making a dime and you were going into right. debt, right. that was you busting through that comfort zone to now you can walk in a room and, and deliver.
1: Right. Right. It's finding your edge. Right? you talking about finding your edge of your comfort zone. Yeah. Right. And it's like, a, you know, working with athletes all the time, <clears throat> even with my own kids, you know, I dropped my son off for, for training the other night <clears throat> and the last thing I said to him, I was like, you know, Hey, what are you focused on today? Right. I, I'm, I'm trying how old to, is he? he's 15. Okay. Just turned 15. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid asking uh, you know, asking players, how do you feel? I'm avoiding that. Right. Because, because feelings are not an indicator of performance. Right. think about that for a second, right? Yeah, feelings right. are not an indicator of performance. You can feel super confident and still play lousy. You can feel nervous and afraid and still perform at a high level. Right. So how I feel. So is. So say less it again. More. Feelings are feelings are not an indicator of performance. Yeah. You know, I was raised, Brett, I think I'm just a few years older than you, despite the gray. I'm a few <laughs> years older than you. And I was right. Generationally, I was raised as an athlete. It was this whole be fearless, no fear generation right so as an athlete I felt and I was I was a player that carried a lot of nerves so I always felt that I was less of a man because I was afraid not knowing that probably most of us had had a sense of has had a sense of fear but if you're if you're made to believe that um, you're not supposed to be afraid and you are afraid well that now I I I feel that something's wrong with me from the get-go so you know I, I work with athletes I kind of ripped, I'm yeah. sorry. So I,
0: I, When I hear yeah. you say that, I was a kid that played sports all growing up and I would throw up before every game. Right. I was so nervous. I was so ne- And it does, yeah. man. It messes with your head mentally, which then kind of makes you come back and maybe not be as aggressive. And yeah. I joke now that I'm, I'm a better golfer today than I was when I was actually competing and playing in golf yeah. because it's less in my head yeah. than it
1: was back then. And imagine, imagine a coach coming to you at that age and, um, and, and you're nervous and you're afraid and they're basically saying, Hey, it's totally fine. Yeah. It's totally fine, man. Awesome. You care. Right. So we're not going to try to change that in you. Right. Instead, Hey, Brad, listen, what do what you focused on before you go on this round? Yep. Right. Be nervous. Hey, be nervous. Right. But what are you focused on? And so, you know, I, I'm always asking my kids and then asking players that I coach as they're going out there, Hey, what are you focused on today? Give me the two or three top behaviors that you're focused on actions. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I can be afraid and focus on actions. Actions get me moving. Um, when I focus on my feelings, it's like fe- feeling good or feeling bad doesn't mean anything. What am I actually doing? And, and, and fo- focusing on behaviors and actions. And so uh, but the other thing I said to my son he is, hey, what are you focused on? He tells me, all right, dad, I'm focused on these. I'm like, awesome. Go find your edge today. Mm-hmm. Go find your edge. Right. Get get to that edge, because like you talked about the comfort yeah. zone just get one step on the other side of your edge today, and then you've just expanded your comfort yeah. zone. So uh, how do you do that though?
0: How do you, how do you find that edge, yeah. walk to the edge and then actually jump over it?
1: Right. It, it, it's, we're, we're, we're almost, uh, it's great in the book, uh, born to run, uh, which is a fantastic, book. I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, can't, can't think of the author's name real quick, but it'll come to me born to run. And the book is all about you know, these ultra runners and just the history of running and and just all these, I call them crazy people, right? Mm. My, my, my good friend is an ultra runner. He's a crazy person. Shout out to Brian. And, uh, uh, he's talking to these ultra runners in the book and they're talking about that edge, right? And, and this one female runner, she says, I see it as a playful pet when she's running. And she's like, I try to find it as quickly as possible. Right. So think about that. Imagine as an athlete, if you tried to go out and finding that edge is basically kind of getting to that point of, of i don't know if i can make another run i don't know if i can make another tackle because i feel spent and what do we really know is what happens if i make another run or make another tackle when i find myself at that edge go one step further or can i go two steps further And now you've just what, where does confidence come from confidence comes from finding that edge and just pushing that edge and tomorrow it's going to be a little bit bigger and the next day it's going to be a yep. little bit bigger So our goal is, so the discomfort we feel is actually that we embrace that as, oh, I'm finding my edge. It's not a bad thing. It's like, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm finding my edge. Awesome. It's going to just push through it just a little bit. It
0: doesn't... I've heard this before, I'm no doctor, but nerves or or anxiety is no different feeling. The body and the brain doesn't know the difference between anxiety and And excitement, excitement.
1: right? Yeah, so the only difference, yeah, physiologically, what's going on inside of my body when I'm nervous and I'm excited is the same thing. So the way I, I like to think about that, Brett, is so the only difference. Man, i would have been nice to know when I was a kid. Right? <laughs> so the, 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 the thing that usually determines whether my feeling yeah. is, is nervous or whether my feeling is excitement is because we're thinking about a possible outcome. And when I'm nervous or afraid, I'm probably focused on a possible negative outcome. And when I'm excited, I'm thinking about a possible hmm. positive outcome. So it's like, oh my gosh, I get to go take a penalty shot or I get, I've got a five foot putt yeah. right, to win this tournament. If I'm nervous, I'm thinking about missing it. If I'm excited, I'm thinking about making it. Regardless, all that says to us is when I think about the outcome, it's a distraction. Instead of just thinking about I've got a five foot putt, what do I need to focus on in order to, to make a good putt? Right. So, so, yeah. so letting, letting go of outcome and focusing on the action, which is always in the present moment. Yeah. Right. And so what improv, yeah. what improv taught me, which I needed as an athlete improv, all of a sudden exercised this muscle, which is you have to stay fully engaged in the moment right? Life is happening in the present moment. Sports are happening in the present moment. I talk to soccer players. I'm like, whenever you feel like you're distracted in the past, or you're thinking about the future, if you focus on the ball, the ball is always in the present moment, right? So ask yourself, where's the ball? Where do I need to be?
0: So to, to dissect that even, so yeah. then I'm, I'm a guy, I'm playing, I'm the, whatever, the, the forward, Yep, And the ball is across the field, and I'm thinking about, man, last week I did this one thing. Yeah. Or, or stuff like that is what you're saying, yeah, basically. I can't believe yeah, I just missed that yeah, easy yeah, shot right, yeah. 30 seconds ago. And I'm yeah. still
1: thinking about it. I'm still thinking about it. We're probably going to lose yep. the game now because I missed that opportunity. Now now we're, our thought is, can't believe that happened in the past. Now I'm thinking about the possible future. And then you just want to yeah. catch yourself. You just want to catch yourself, oh, my gosh, I'm distracted so how do I get back to the present moment?
0: Right? And this is business, sport. We're talking about sports, yeah. obviously. But for those listening, right, this, this is, is life. life. This is home with your so kids. If, if
1: I, you know, if I, you, know if, you know, talking. To, I talk to salespeople all the time. I'm like, all right, you're in a sales call, right? You're in a sales call. Are you thinking about? I can't believe I just said that. I totally flubbed that. Or wow, I, I really need to close the sale. I don't know. Am I going to close the sale? You're either thinking about the when, or you're thinking about the then, right? You're thinking yeah. about the past, or you're thinking about the future. Where do you need to be fully engaged in the moment? In the moment. Is if you're fully engaged on on the on the on the client or the person that you're talking to, yeah. there's so much information that's being shared in the present moment. But if I'm thinking, this is again what improv taught me was, as soon as my thought starts to go past or future, I'm no longer engaged, and so I'm missing key information. Yeah, yeah. that's key huge. Information. And so for a player, right, it's like, oh shoot, I'm distracted. How do I get back to the present moment? Well, there's lots of different. Tools, but I give them the mantra: just t- just tell yourself, "Where's the ball? Where do I need to be?" Because now I go, "Oh, where's the ball? The ball's there. Where do I need to be?" Is action based. Oh, I need to push up, or I need to make a run, or I need to go win a tackle, or I need. All of a sudden, now you're 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 thinking about what do I need to do instead of what happened, or is what what is going to happen?
0: What's well, incredible, you know, I'm, I'm I go to soccer games now all the time. I've got four boys, so yeah. pretty much if if I'm not here at the office, I'm at a soccer field. Right. Okay? right. So right. Uh, yeah. that's where I go. And I'll be there tonight. Uh, but but you're right, and and it's like even as fans we can do that. But let's let's pivot from the soccer field and go into the the home life. Yeah. And so yeah. with four kids, it's crazy, right? It Things is. can be nuts. You've got I think you said three kids, right? <laughs> three kids, so yeah. How how do you, what advice would you have for the parent to take what you just talked about for the soccer player, and apply that? to the home, right? To the kitchen, to the upstairs where maybe you're putting the kids to bed, it's chaos, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. as your kids get older, that that gets a little bit easier, right? But it's still crazy.
1: Yeah. So what we what we're always striving for is to be present, right? Is to be present with whatever we're doing. And yeah. so so again, your the home life, there's tons of going on, tons going on. You got young kids, you got right, trying to make dinner, trying to bedtime, you got maybe you're still trying to do stuff from work. You got all these different moving parts going on. And the only thing that allows you to be successful is by focusing on what's happening right now. So, so again, so how do we do that? So, you know, again, I'm not a sports psychologist, but I teach mental skills and I, I like to break it down to make it really, really simple because I'm not a complex guy. So <laughs> I, I want to make things as simple as possible. And, and to me, the when we talk about mental skills or mental toughness, all we're really talking about is the ability to bring our full attention to whatever activity we're doing in the present moment. That is it. So when someone says, oh my gosh, that player, he's so mentally tough or she's so mentally tough, what they're saying is if they're a soccer player, when they're playing soccer, they're fully engaged in what they're doing. They're not being distracted by the noise that's going on Mm -hmm. around them. So optimal performance to me is when you bring your peak ability with wherever you are today with your peak attention. You combine those, combining skill and attention is your optimal performance. Well, so at home, right, there's lots of distractions going on. All this stuff that needs to be done, but all we can really do is one thing at a time. And so it's, it's, it's making, that the world is too big, we need to make it small. And so it's our ability to always ask ourselves, what's, you know, there's, a, there's an acronym, a great sports acronym, W-I-N, what's important now. Mm-hmm. Asking ourselves, what's the more most important thing I need to be focusing on right now? All right. Well, we got dishes, we got laundry, we got all. Awesome. Yeah, but what's happening right now? Okay. Well, I'm putting my five year old to bed. All right. So, can I just put my five year old to bed? Right. So I'm all putting right. my five year old to bed. All our five year old wants is full attention. Yeah. Dad's listening to me. All right. Dad's going to read me a story. All right. Can I be fully engaged while I'm reading the story? Right. All that other stuff is waiting for me, but. Can I be engaged with what I'm doing? Put the five-year-old down. Great. Boom. All right. What's the next? What's the next thing that I do? And we bring our full focus to that. But we're humans. And so we're constantly going to be distracted. So the the goal.
0: But isn't it amazing? I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. But I think it's amazing because when you say that, I'm just, you know, put a lot of the boys to bed and do story time and all that stuff over the years. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when you say it because you're right. When I am in the moment right? Yeah, yeah. I'm using air quotes. Um, and I'm not really in the moment and I'm thinking yeah. about maybe I need to read this book, but you know, you just want to get to that next thing. Yeah. You got to yeah. do this, you got to do that. Yeah. It actually takes longer to put them to bed. It is it's, right. It, it, it's, <laughs> you stay in the moment with them though, and actually do the story time and do all that stuff. It's actually more efficient process too. It's more efficient and it's more peaceful.
1: Yeah. Right. Because A lot we're more just, peaceful. we're, we're not because we're not thinking about the distractions, right? Yep. The reason distractions are distractions is because it, it's getting us to think about lots of different things instead of the one thing right. that we're doing. Yeah. And so when we actually focus on the one thing that we're doing, the, the stress and the anxiety and all the, the other things don't really impact us is because we're just thinking about what we're doing, right? It's like we're turning the volume down on all the distractions. They're still there, right? We're just turning the volume down. The only reason what we what we focus on, we amplify, yeah. right? Whatever we focus on, we amplify. So if I focus on what I'm doing, I'm amplifying what I'm doing. If I'm, if I'm whatever I'm thinking about is what, I, is what I, I'm amplifying that as well. And now I'm thinking about that, well, I'm amplifying, that's a distraction. So so when we think about the distractions, we just amplify the distractions. It's not, our goal is not to get rid of them. It's just to turn the volume down on them. And it, it's, it's um, addition by subtraction, right? You know, I, I bring more, to what I'm doing by just focusing on one thing at a time. So by letting the rest go. So all, all I'm ever trying to help athletes or people do with mental skills is simplification, right? Make it simple. Don't become the person who thinks you're an awesome multitasker, you're not. You, uh, and so think about just, just, just turn it into bite-sized chunks. If I'm a salesman who's getting ready to make a sales call, before that call, take, take a minute and say, okay, <clears throat> What are the two or three most important things for me to focus on in order to have an effective sales call? All right. So you can think through. okay, like, all right, I want to make sure that I'm asking good questions. All right. I'm going to make, I'm going to ask good questions. I want to make sure that I'm listening to them fully, not cutting them off, listening to them fully. And I'm really going to seek to understand how they're feeling. All right, good. I've got a game plan. I'm going to focus on these two or three things. Are there lots of other things going on around? Yes. But if I focus on these two or three things, my experience has taught me that these are important. And if I focus on these three things, I'm going to have an effective sales yep. call. And so we're always, we're just simplifying whatever we're doing. And we live at a pace right now in society where it's one thing to the next, one thing to the next. And if we don't create the space in between in each activity, even if that space, I was just uh, doing a coaching call with a, a corporate group the other day. And in this Zoom world we're living in right now, a lot of times people are like, Travis, I'm going from one Zoom to a next. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Can you even, can you pause 60 seconds in between each Zoom? As you finish one Zoom, give yourself a little debrief. All right, what's the most important thing I, I need to take out of that call? Capture it. And then before you start the next Zoom call, can you do a reboot and say, okay. What are the two or three most important things for me to focus on in this next call in order for it to be a good call? So
0: turn the page. Yeah. yeah.
1: And just build those breaks in between everything that we do. Athletes is the same thing, all right? From school to sport, to, all right, to homework, right? School, can we give ourselves a break? Sport, can we give ourselves a break? Moving on. And uh, the analogy I heard, which was great, which is um, music without the pauses in between notes is just noise. Huh. Right? That's true. What makes music beautiful is the space in between yeah. the notes. And so if there's no space, if it's just note, 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 it's just noise. And our, our life is the same way. Yeah, we right. need to create the pause and the gaps, which allow us to process what has happened and also be intentional about the next thing that we're doing.
0: It makes makes me think about um, something I've done and you can probably see these journals if you're watching back yeah. over here. Yeah. And, and so, uh, is I say slow down to speed up and use strategic think time. And and I think it's so important for that pause between the notes is, is I've never heard it like that. And that's so true. And so I think when you think about the world-class business people, the world-class athletes that you get to connect with and help and, and and study really even as well, what are you finding for them from either a breathing standpoint, a slowing down to speed up think time, you know, like I, I use
1: my other journal all
0: the time. Like, what do you see in there? That's, It's a game changer for those
1: folks. Yeah, I think to go back to just what we were talking about is a real, a real clear sense of, of priority, right? To always, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing. So even though, right, the, the higher you sort of rise in importance, whatever that means, you, you have a lot more that you're responsible for. So the temptation would be that you're just being constantly pulled in so many different directions. And what I've seen, you know, from great leaders, whether it's, you know, the national team coach that I get to work with or, or really high level CEOs is the ability to make sure that they're really clear on what the top priorities are. And, and, and the next step is their ability to be really, really present in whatever they're doing. And and knowing that it's nonstop, but knowing that the only way to be effective is by bringing their full presence to what they're doing right. right now. And again, I see this with the national team coach. It's like, I can't fathom the amount of responsibility that's on his plate. But when you're with him, you feel like he is completely present with whatever we're doing right now. Wow. And so the only the only way that you can maintain that is by actually being really clear on what the top priorities are. And making sure that those guiding values, principles, priorities are sort of guiding everything, right? And so again, when I when I work with an organization, I just had a call today with a potential team I might I might be working with in the future, and we we're talking about culture and creating an, an identity. That clarity of re, being really clear on who we are and what we're about, right? And make that as super simple as possible. What are those three core values? What is the main identity of of who we are and what we're about. And now how do we take those values and turn those into behaviors? And then how do we consistently replicate that behavior day in and day out, day in and day out, making sure that everything that we're doing is tied into those core values. And, and And we can do that in our own personal life as well. Again, the reason I have a purpose statement is so that I have that North Star, so that I have that compass. So when I do feel overwhelmed, I can ask myself, how is this connected to my purpose? And if there's not a strong connection to my purpose, this might be something that on itself is a fine activity. But for me, maybe it's just more of a distraction right now. So maybe I need to say no to it.
0: Yeah. And and you say that now because you've had this experience. And so for that yeah. person that's in that grind and yeah. the, in the, yeah. what I'd call the crap work that we yeah. both have had to do in our careers, I think, it, you know, for me, it, yours is authentic brilliance, right? Yeah. Is it's yeah. kind of the end of your tagline. And, yeah. and that's what this here is that future greater than your past is we, we yeah. our firm mission, yeah. my mission is to help people achieve a future greater than your past. Yeah. It doesn't just come to you, but I think no. working on yourself right. and that 10 year journey, right? Oh, that is how day. you figure that out. Yeah. And so to the people yeah. that are like, oh, how do you find your mission? Y- your mission is found by rolling up your sleeves, putting on your work boots and going out and making things happen, but also studying, being a student in the game, reading, doing different things like
1: that. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, and, and you know, it, it's whenever, you know, I try not to give advice yeah. <laughs> as a coach, Yeah. right. You try not to be an advice Asking giver. Questions. You try, you try to be, you try to listen and, 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 and help you know, create clarity through questions and, and, and through understanding. And, but, you know, I definitely have young people come to me all the time and say, Hey Travis, what do you think I should do? I've got this option or I've got this option. And really the, the, the question I always go back to is of these possibilities or opportunities, which one excites you the most on a personal level, which one excites you the most, because, because again, I go back to, if we follow, if we follow our curiosity, right, that's a good indicator that we're probably following some authentic purpose that we have, right? And, and even if, even if things aren't going well, if, if we're interested and curious, there's probably a certain sense of fulfillment to it. And maybe that curiosity leads to another curiosity. And again, if I just look at my own journey, it was, I was constantly, even at the most desperate of times, I was still following curiosity that I felt resonated with, with my purpose. And so, you know, as, as a, as a freelance worker, I wake up more days during the, during the year, unemployed than employed. (laughs) Exactly. Where is that next check coming from? But when, when I'm doing work on a day-to-day basis that, that, it, that is uh, uh, intrinsically purpose driven, I'm still fulfilled even on the days when I'm not making money. And so that fulfillment is is the constant because because it's, it's, it's deeply rooted and ingrained with who I am. And so the money will come and go and, and hopefully the success will will incrementally continue to increase and and, and, the, and the financial success will, will incrementally continue to increase all along this journey. And as terrifying as this journey has been, even at its worst, I still had a a sense of, you know, this is who I am, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's passing that pillow test when you go to bed at night.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And, And so... So when you think about fears, um, I asked a lot of people this question is we, we put a lot of fears up our minds in, in, in false evidence appearing real yeah. is what it stands for. A lot of people say, right? And yeah. so how, how do you, how many of the fears you've put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be?
1: <laughs> Very few of them, right? right? Very few. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the fears, this was a, this was a Tim Ferriss exercise, that he had talked about in one of his books a long time ago and he in talking about fear and he would, you know, a lot of times when we have these, these scary fears, we try to avoid them. We don't, I don't want, I don't want to think about them. And he's like, actually, you know, when, when you notice these, be, these big fears that pop up, he's like, basically follow that path, go with it. All right. Ask yourself. Okay. Sure. Yeah, if this were to happen, what would happen? He's like, you know, he's like, all right, I, I, I start a company and it doesn't work so out. It bankrupt. I go bankrupt. Yeah. He yeah. goes then what would I do? And he's like, all right, I would be broke. So I might have to ask a friend or family member if I can sleep on their couch. And he's like, would I be able to do that? And he's like, yeah, I'd be able to do that. Would it stink? Yeah, it would stink. He's like, well then what would I do? And he's like, I would, I would probably start, you know, working on the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of does like, all right, if the worst case scenario were to happen, what would happen? How would I respond to it? Right. And and that's when, when when you can sort of look sort of some of these fearful things, you know, you know, in the face and go, okay, yeah, if that worst thing yeah. happened to would I still be okay? And I think like I, I feel like I've been able to do that over the years because then then it forces you, Brett, to get really, really clear on <clears throat> what is the most important things in my life. And I and I mean I remember my wife and I having some of these difficult conversations over the years, especially early on. You know, we we, we couldn't afford to, to live in our house anymore in Florida, and which is why we had to come back up to St. Louis when it was like 2008, which was egoically just very humbling. You know, and for me, you know, as a father of, of three, to feel like a big failure, right? To, to really grapple with you know my identity and, and a sense of failure, and I just remember having a conversation with her, feeling gutted for having to to take our family out of our home which we loved and just remember you know we were talking i said you know know, like you all are the most important thing and i know that we're going to be okay or we're going to the three the five of us we're going to be okay so regardless of what happens what we have to do as long as we're okay we're okay and it just it, it forces you to get really granular to like okay at the end of the day what's most important
0: how do you get through that, though? So, so you're there. You're on a, I, I call them a dark day. Yeah, super. Right? So how did you yeah, super, dark. super dark, like pitch black dark? <laughs> yeah. How do, you, how do you get through that, though? Because there's somebody listening to this right now, probably. That's, it's in a dark day. Yeah. And, and so how do you get through that on days you don't even want to do it? I don't want to get up. I don't want to go work in my purpose. You know, screw yeah. you. This. Yeah.
1: What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There will be days where you don't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> and there, which be, you have to learn to be okay with. We have to be learn to be okay with, yeah. and you know, um, <clears throat> it was Einstein. I think it was Einstein said that that uh, the only time a person makes a real change is when the fear of doing nothing is greater than the, yeah. the fear of change. That's right, right. Yep. And so I think all of us experience that. And so there will be days from someone who's listening to this. They're like, I can't. Right. I I don't know what to do today, so I'm going to do nothing. And so there will become a moment where it's like, what well, the, the fear of doing nothing is now greater than the fear of actually taking that scary step and moving forward. And so, you know, in those, in those darkest times for me, you know, I, would you know, had gone through a lot of courses on personal development. I had a coach and I had a mentor and I remember him just saying to me when I was doing no work, making zero mm-hmm. money, you know, living with our in-laws. And he was like, all right. He's like, all right, Travis, what, what would it look like if you got up every day and spent two hours in your office doing your work? And I was like, but I don't have any work. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not talking about, you know, For that client, work. Yeah. He's like, I'm talking about your purpose work where you spend two hours being really intentional about, you know, focusing on who you are and the work that you want to do and doing whatever that looks like today. The personal work, the right. internal work. And, and those, those were, those were the times, those were the years where, you know, I was probably doing two and a half to three hours a day of, of, of commitments of micro commitments of things that I knew was allowing me to grow personally and individually. So that when, you know, the work opportunities come along, I'm ready for them. I'm ready for them because we can't control when it's like the fireman's mentality, you don't know when the fire's coming, but it's coming. So what are you doing in the time before the fire comes to prepare you to handle the fire when it actually happens? And and that's that's sort of that the uncertain discipline that you have to take advantage of those times. So when the call does come, have you are you prepared to handle it? And
0: I, I would call it street cred too, right? Yeah. Because if it's yeah. like if you're gonna be here with these world class soccer players, these world class business people. Yeah. I got to know that you went and did it. I want to know that. (laughs) I don't want you to just say, oh, I read this in the book last week and it sounded cool. And here, try this one. Like, I want you to know. And so for me, I call it Focus 90. Mm -hmm. And so every 90 days, I have a different set of goals of things I need to work about. And so, you know, come October 1st, I will have my new set for October, November, December. But I will will review what just happened in the last three months and say, okay, they may be different. They may be the same, but here's what I need to work on to be better. Right. Yeah. And then I have my first 90 minutes of every single day working on those things. I like and that. I find yeah. that when I can win my mornings, yep. I can win the day, yeah. but I can also help more people win their day and help myself and others live a future greater than their past. And so Absolutely. that yeah. that's for me what what works. So what what is it for you now for that type of stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, what you're talking about is uh, is 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 walking the walk and, you know, you know, and you know, this as a parent, right? It's, it's, am I, am I modeling the behavior that I'm trying to parent? Yep. Right. It's less important what I say to my kids. What's more important is, is how I actually, how I actually behave and perform. So yeah. someone, right. so, someone who teaches mental skills, how often do my kids see me getting frustrated and, uh, and displaying a victim mindset, mm-hmm. right? They see it plenty. Yep. Right. And yep. So, so Wow. Why? Why would I expect anyone to listen to me? Why would I expect my kids? If if, if I'm so there is a there is a clear sense of accountability every single day yep. with 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 my work. And so when I'm when I'm when I'm coaching, you know, world class athletes, when I'm working with a coaching staff, it's like, okay, are we are we mentoring the behaviors? Are we modeling the behaviors that we we expect our players, our kids, our, our coworkers to model? And so, like you said, you're always you're always focusing on the internal work because it's the internal work that allows us to do the external work. Yep. And if we're not doing the internal work, we can't expect the external yeah. work to grow at all. Yeah. And so I, I, I love, I love the 90, right? Yeah. That it's, it's every 90 days and then you're giving yourself 90 minutes to do it every day is, is, is just a great way. And it keeps it fresh and it, and it keeps it, you know, it keeps it always moving. Yeah.
0: Well, you got like a 90 90 minute soccer game, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk a little bit about um, your company. What you've created is uh, Live Yes And. Yeah. I love that. Tell me more about
1: it. So Yes And is the basis of improvisation, right? So I didn't create Yes And, but anyone who's taken an acting class, anyone who's done any improvisation, the first thing you learn is the yes and the and. So I can teach anyone to, I can teach you to improvise right now, Brent. Mm. Right. So, uh, so you and I are going to, uh, we'll, we'll tell a story. Okay. Right. We're mm. going to pretend that we're going on like some road trip this okay. weekend. So whatever I say to you, the first thing you're going to say is yes. And you're going to build off of whatever idea I okay. gave you. And therefore you're going to give me an idea back and I'm going to say yes and, and build off of whatever idea you give me mm. so we're just You're getting the creative juices flowing here we're today. just creating the story one yes and at a time okay right and we're only ever focusing on the new information yeah. that was given to us make sense yes awesome all right here we go so brettman i'm so excited about the, uh, the road trip we're taking this weekend
0: yes and, and i am too and i can't wait because i've never been to this place before where we've played golf
1: Yes, you are going to take me on the best golf courses in the Southeast.
0: In the Southeast? I love the Southeast, so yes, and. And, uh, and so we're going to go down to Florida, and we're going to play this place called the Floridian, which is a great golf course a lot of PGA members come to.
1: Yes, and I heard that uh, you've invited one of your professional friends that are going to join us. I have, and that friend is an amazing uh,
0: athlete, and uh, his name, he played for the St. Louis Cardinals, and he is a great golfer, and we're going to have a lot of fun with him.
1: Yes, and I am a huge Cardinals fan as well, and while we're down there, uh, he's going to take us to uh, some spring training games.
0: I love that, and so yes, let's do that, and let's also talk to him about getting back up to the end of the year, and we'll see Pujols hit his uh, 800th home run, or 700th home run, how does that sound?
1: Yes, and uh, I I heard he's going to put some tickets aside for us uh, for all of St. Louis's last home games so we can hopefully see 700. Yes,
0: and it's going to be the actual ticket stub, and not this thing on your phone that you don't get to keep for the rest of your life, and
1: we're going to set an agreement Seats, we're gonna have a lot of fun, yes. And I know the the head concession guy in Bush Stadium, and he's gonna hook us up with any concessions we want during the game. I love that,
0: yes. And I know the guy, yes. Okay, so (laughs) you just creep,
1: you just keep going. There we go. So, so, so yes, and what does yes and mean from an improvisational standpoint? So, you and I, you can improvise now because you can, yes, and that's it, right? So, two or more performers get up on stage, we're creating something, we have no idea where the story is gonna go. We can't because I don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. But as long as we adhere to yes and, we're going to figure it out and we're going to go there together. So yes is acceptance. Whatever I say to you, whatever you say to me, the yes is yes. I accept that idea as reality. But we don't stop there. The and is, and I'm going to build off of your idea with another idea. And then yes and, and then yes and, and yes and. So the story can absolutely go anywhere because we're adhering to there is no wrong answer. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. Right. We're creating it on the spot, right? Hey, it's never been done before. Oh, we, as long as we yes and, we're going to be on the same page and we're going to create it together. Right. So that's improvisation. Yeah. And then any other performer that comes in, they're going to yes and their ideas and we're going to yes and their ideas. And so from an improvisational standpoint, the reason like I go back to like how did they do that? How did they create that magic on stage? Well, they were operating... From a mindset of we're here to make each other look good yeah it's actually an improv in, in improvisers mantra is mm. my goal is to make my other performers look good yeah what's their goal to make me look good And, and so yes and is is the rule or the the uh, mantra? the principle uh, yeah. Yeah, that the allows principle. that allows that to happen.
0: So it makes me think about, I'm having an offsite retreat with our executive team and, yep. and some of our other teammates tomorrow. And, and so, you know, I've got in my black journal here a bunch of questions, right, to think about the future. And I, and I think, what was the stat I, I wrote down this morning? That in 1955, um, yeah, 1955, 435 of the Fortune 500 companies are gone. So yeah. 87% of the Fortune 500 companies are gone yeah. from there. So, so how are we staying relevant yeah. What are we doing to evolve? Because our yeah. industry will change. You, you look at Blockbuster versus Netflix. Yep. How do you, how do you evolve or not evolve? And, and so what I hear this yes. And being tomorrow is an improv with our team. Yes. Yes. We can do that. And yeah. And yes. And then it's almost going around the room and seeing what we can create
1: inside our firm for our clients and for our advisors. Absolutely. So what you're going to do is you're going to tap into the collective genius of the group. Yeah. Yes. And allows you to tap into the collective genius of your team, but we only do that, Brett, if we are actually genuinely interested in the perspectives of the people that we work with, whether that's our kids, whether that's our coworkers, whether that's our sports team. So yes. And allows us to say, yes, I want, I, I care about your perspective. Your perspective is different than mine. hmm. What do we tend to do when we run into someone who has a different perspective than us? Yeah. We tend to want to convince them that our perspective is better.
0: And you can't stop. So tomorrow there's I don't know, six people yeah. say sitting around the table. Yeah. We can have the six people talking about it and just go around the room like in a circle,
1: keep yeah. it going. And, and and you can set parameters around this. So when I when I when I consult this from a from a from a team or a corporate standpoint, people are like, Well, Travis, I mean, we can't say yes and everything. I was like, No, you can't. Of course. This is not a literal everyone's idea is a good idea. Everyone's idea is not a good idea, yeah. but the way you get to the good ideas is by getting through the bad ideas. Yeah. And actually someone collaborating with a bad idea and turning it into a good idea because they're bringing their perspective to it. The so
0: creative we, side too, right? The creative side, totally. maybe didn't even think about it, but it's not a, a formal doubt.
1: deal. You wouldn't even have thought about this. Yeah. you know, we uh, Growing up, right? what was the Reese's commercial when we were kids? Hey, yeah. you put your chocolate in my peanut butter. No, you put your peanut butter in my chocolate. Yeah. Oh wait, we put them together. We got a, an even better product. Yeah. It's a yes and. Right? You, Reese's was yes yeah. and. Yes, yeah. chocolate and peanut putting out We have a better yeah. thing, and so yes and just allows what we're talking about is we're creating an atmosphere for collaboration, and yes and creates an atmosphere for collaboration. Most of us are used to environments where everything is no but. Mm-hmm. Ah no, but we've tried that before. Ah, that's going to be too expensive. Ah, I don't think we can. So all you're doing is you're creating a space to allow the freedom of ideas and information and creativity to happen from that space, you can then move into a critical, okay, well, based on the parameters that we do have, how do we take that? Okay. 90% of these ideas we can't use, but we've just mined 10% of gold that can actually, we can take to move forward with and turn into really practical solutions.
0: I wrote that down too is the yes and versus the living most people live in no, no but no cuz you're
1: right yeah it's it's I'm uncomfortable when someone has a different perspective than me that's human nature It's survival yeah. right if i go yeah. outside of the cave and i hear a noise and i don't know what that noise is i go into fear i go into yeah. protection i go into survival mode so we're we're kind of conditioned to to be uncomfortable with someone else's different ideas anything yeah. different than us is uncomfortable but if i if i can create a safe Environment where I'm curious when I hear a different perspective, and because I care about you as a teammate or a coworker, mm-hmm. I go, "Huh, Brett. Actually, I I don't know if I agree with that or if I understand. Help me understand where you're coming from." Yeah. And now we're and now in essence we're we're actually building that trust and respect as a team because I actually care about your perspective that's different than mine. And in the process of us getting into that, we're actually protecting ourselves from the blind spots that we have when we sometimes accidentally create cultures of everyone who thinks the same way.
0: I mean, my mind is blown on this. I'm already going, I'm, I'm picturing myself in the room we're going to be in tomorrow, and, and you can't stop, and, and nobody can
1: challenge the idea. You, know, you, so. can, you can set that parameter and go, okay, hey, for the next 15 minutes, we're, let's get out as many ideas Just as possible. Write it down. And one rule is when someone has an idea, no one is allowed to say, whoa, 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 no, 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 Th- this isn't the space for that. And then you can say, after this, let's look at the ideas, and then we can start to look at them more critically. Mm. So you can create parameters around that. Yeah. Yeah. And just that's to go awesome. back to the yes and, so the, the yes and from a, from a collaborative storytelling standpoint, that's how it works, right? We're, we're in agreement that we're going to create this together. Well, the reason I, I called my consulting Live Yes And is because if you, look back, if you look back to my journey, kind of from 2005 to me starting Live Yes And, the yes and is, became my mantra for life, right? Which is whatever is happening, I have to yes and it, right? You're in debt, Travis. Yes, I'm in debt. And I guess I have to, I guess we have to leave our home and go take this job in St. Louis because this is the best possible response to this situation. So yes is acceptance. Again, it's acceptance of what is happening. Hey. Good or bad. Good or bad. Good or It doesn't matter right? Yeah. Good or bad doesn't matter. Yes is acceptance. The, so I tell people we cannot control 100% of what happens to us. None of it, Mm-mm. none of it. I can do everything right and still get a pandemic dropped on my lap. Mm-hmm. I can do everything right and still have someone con me out of whatever, right? I can, I can do everything right, yeah. eat everything right and still get diagnosed with a sickness. Mm mm-hmm. So I cannot control 100% of what happens to me. And I get to control 100% of how I respond to it. That's the and. The and is where we have power. And so I, I go through life, yes and, yes and, yes and. This is happening, yes and. How would I respond to it if I were on purpose? So if we go back to purpose being our compass, if we're always making every next right step, uh, hmm. neutral thinking. i work worked for Limitless Minds as well. We talk about neutral thinking and then taking the next right step. If I accept everything that's happening, well, now I'm, I'm in collaboration with reality. So I call living yes and being in radical collaboration with reality, right? Because it's what's happening. Right. So I can, I can complain about it blame, complain, make excuses, the longer I stay there, I'm just stuck. Totally valid. Yep. Yep. I'm a human. This shouldn't have happened. Why did it happen? This is unfair. This is painful. This is tragic. This is cruel. Yeah. All that stuff. And the longer I stay there, I'm just stuck. And as soon as I accept my circumstance and have my response be from that position of purpose, I'm now taking that next step towards problem solving. So the reason my book is called three words for getting unstuck is is to live that yes and. Getting stuck makes you human. Yep. Staying stuck makes you a victim. And
0: I love the fact that you put live in it, right? Yeah. Not, it's not just yes and because you got to live it.
1: I got to live it. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, the gift, the gift in everything is to to your point earlier, what is my street cred is <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've, I've actually, done it. I've actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Travis, tell me about being like, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 in debt with a family of five mm-hmm. and, and, and having no godly idea of how things were going to work out. How'd you do that? Well, yeah, that's a good question. How did I do that? I don't know. But it was like, what could I do today? Yep. What can I do today? Trust, faith, action. take the next step. Trust, faith, yes. take the next step.
0: So where do our listeners find more of Travis Thomas, man? This has been phenomenal and uh, I've got tons of takeaways from this, but where do we find more of you? You can go to my,
1: uh, my outdated website, which is liveyesand.com. Uh, you can find me on most social media, uh, at liveyesand. This is a fun thing. My, my son, my 15 year old son, I've got a 17 year old son, 20 year old daughter. They've been trying to get me on TikTok forever. Okay. I've been, I'm like, I, I can't learn another social media. I'm on Instagram all the time. I don't want to learn another social media. My son's like, Dad, look at this guy. You should be on TikTok. I said, all right, listen. His name's Shepard. I was like, Shepard, if you manage the TikTok, you'll be my intern. You manage TikTok and I'll do it. So I've been on TikTok for a week. (laughs) Apparently some of the videos are doing really well. He's like, all right, Dad, give me a video on this. He films me. He takes it. So I'm on on TikTok now. You're a TikToker. I'm on TikTok now. Um, and then my book that I've referenced a few times, three yeah. words for getting on awesome. Yes Saying is on Amazon. So, awesome. um, uh, well, uh, Travis
0: yeah. Thomas, it's been awesome having you, man. We'll put all this in the show notes where people can find it, and uh, just love the conversation. Want we'll to do this again? Hey, thanks for having me. I'll come back to the studio anytime. Let's Brad. do it. <laughs>